Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshek, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host. That would be me, J.D. Layton, as well as the future of the Rocky Mountain Review. You've heard his voice before, but he'll be taking over as news director Ooh. next semester. Yeah, so yeah. no more us, but we've got newbies, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Maximus Hunter, and I'm really going to miss you guys. I know, we're going to miss you. Well, here, come on over. We have another news director. Hello, I'm Ren Wadsworth. Yes, so we are here for our last week at the Rocky Mountain Review, JD and I, but the show will continue on next year after the summer with these two as the host. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yay. So they are learning here this week, but we have another important person, our other reporter, Allison Tackett. Whoop, whoop. Woo, and she's hey. still going to be here next year, right? Mm-hmm. Helping out. Yes, oh, yeah. so you'll have, you'll have three familiar voices to know and love. And if you really miss us, you can just go to kcsufm.com and listen to our voices Do over some and over again. shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enjoy it. But anyway, we have a great show for you today. We have some information about restaurants around town, as well as your local and national news, a sports update, and an interview with a local musician. So it's going to be a pretty good show. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think Got so. a lot going on. I know. So Max, would you like to tell us a little bit about what piece is going to be coming up? Absolutely. So, um, as an American, I love burgers. Just going to put it out there. And, um, you know, I've been doing this restaurant report for a little bit now, and I really love looking into all the foods. And I was just kind of just pondering to myself one day, you know, what makes a burger? There, you know, everyone makes a burger a little different. Everyone enjoys their burgers a little different. And this is such a thing that as, as, as a culture, America just kind of has in common, and we don't often talk about it because it's so kind of like... Uh, cheesy, but I'm tis. Oh wow! <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, so I just I just wanted to explore uh, what people who professionally make burgers think of burgers and what makes good burgers. I All think right. I learned some cool stuff. Well, um, I'm looking forward to it because I too love burgers. Awesome! So stay tuned for that as well as our local newscast, which we have coming up only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Are you hungry? I hope so. Hi, my name is Maximus Hunter, and you're listening to The Restaurant Report on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. If you speak to a Fort Collins resident about what makes the city unique, they'll likely mention the legendary statistic that Fort Collins has more restaurants per capita than any other U.S. city. That's only a myth, but we do boast a smorgasbord of incredible eateries around town. There's so many that it would be impossible to try them all. That's why I'm here. At the Restaurant Report, I'm getting a scoop of the food scene in Fort Collins and letting you know what's to eat around town. This month, I'm taking a bit of a different approach to the Restaurant Report. Instead of looking at a specific cuisine, this time I'm interested in one specific food. The burger is possibly the most classic piece of American food. 
it holds a dominant spot on every fast food menu. Hamburgers are all around us, especially in Fort Collins. Today, I'm heading to three staple burger joints around town. Mojo's, Stuffed Burger Bar, and Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Armed with my microphone and my appetite, I'm set out determined to learn to be a better burger chef and a better burger eater. Let's chow down. Everybody has a different definition of what makes a good burger. Here at Stuffed, I'm asking a burger chef about what she thinks. I'd say I definitely look for high quality ingredients, you know, a good solid buttered bun, you know, fresh lettuce, things like that. I like salt, pepper, and a little garlic salt as well. Later, at Mojo's, Brian the chef clues me into what makes burgers so good for him. I think a good fresh meat, something that's not been sitting around for a couple days, a week long, you know, that could be possibly turned or growing bacteria in it is obviously something simply, um, so a good fresh burger, something you get that day or the day before. At Five Guys, they do it their own way. Nick, one of the managers, gives us his take. Well, I mean, everything starts from the outside in, so I think first and foremost, it's all about the bun. Um, Five Guys has a proprietary um, uh, bun recipe, so they actually make their own bread. They don't um, get it from any other company, so that's where they start. You know, everything starts with the bread. Uh, it comes in undercooked so that the cooking process finishes on our bread grill. So that bread is super fresh, super warm for that burger. Creates a nice crisp, but also pillowy uh, cushion for everything on the inside. I know you listeners at home want to cook the most delicious burgers possible. Here are some tips from professionals on how to take your burger to the next level. I think definitely knowing the temperatures of an actual medium versus a mid-rare will get you more of a burger you desire. I would say simply just seasoning a burger instead of throwing it on there without any season to enhance the flavor. Simple salt, pepper, garlic. And then anything else you want, you can add to that. But I think a very simple seasoning, season both sides, patty them out, goes a long way. Um, well, I think a lot of people like the flavor of an open flame grill, um, but the true flavor of a burger comes from cooking it in its own fat. Uh, you know, I started from cooking it on my stovetop in my apartment, and you know, I found it was it was a bit messy. You know, grease popping all over the place. But when once you finally bite into that burger, you know, you get the crispness on the outside and that juicy center, and it's oh man, it, it beats any kind of flame broil flavor I've ever had. I'd say the biggest rookie mistake I see is people either adding too many toppings or not enough. Specifically here, a common mistake is, you know, at Five Guys we even out our patties. You know, we, we cook it as it is and then we kind of flatten it out a little bit more just to speed up that cooking process. Um, but a lot of times what happens is people are gonna, they're gonna overpress that meat, they're gonna smash it too thin. Um, you know, if you're making your own burgers at home and you're, you're making meatballs, you wanna make sure that those balls are nice and tight. You know, any kind of, anything that's not totally compact is just gonna fall apart on you once you start cooking and then you'll just have, you'll pretty much be eating sawdust. I ask about what makes the burgers at each restaurant stand out. Stuffed says that... I think we just have really weird burgers here. You know, you can get eggs on burgers and donut instead of a bun, and you can really be creative. At Mojo's, Brian stresses the importance of freshness. Um, I'd say something maybe locally grown somewhere that you know that's close by, um, something that's fresh, along like I said earlier, something that's fresh and simply just seasoning it correctly and cooking it 
correctly goes a long way. And then obviously whatever other toppings you want to put on it. For instance, we put, we have burgers that we put our own pulled pork, our own brisket that we do in-house. So that goes a long way. That helps out too. A burger with a bunch of brisket on top is a very nice thing. Nick from Five Guys lets us in on a few secrets that make their burgers so unique. The first thing that I would say, it's kind of negative, but it's the price point. I think that's the first thing everybody see when they come in is, is the giant menu and the prices. And they're thinking, whoa, like, why am I about to pay this much money for a burger? Um, but then as you break it down, you think of, you know, the intrinsic value that comes with that burger. But what sets the Five Guys Burger apart is just that fresh taste. Um, it's a restaurant quality burger with restaurant quality ingredients, and you're getting it at a fast food ticket time. Finally, I want to know what each of these burger experts like better. A uniquely crafted burger, just the chef meant it, or a good old-fashioned cheeseburger with ketchup? In my opinion, I definitely have to go with the chef burger. That really depends to me. Um, sometimes you're just in the mood for a simple, really easy cheese and ketchup burger. That seems more of a uh, summer backyard barbecuing with a bunch of friends and family kind of situation. But if you go out to a restaurant, maybe you're looking for something more more to it, more on it. You know what I mean? Like, and For instance, like I was saying, some of our burgers where we put the brisket and cheese or we put pork, pork and coleslaw and barbecue sauce and cheese all on top on one burger. It's pretty awesome. The crafted burger obviously would be high quality, you know, you, you taste all the, the the awesome flavors, you know, probably paying a good price point for it, but you know, when I think of just uh, you know, grocery store, frozen burger, throw it on the grill, you know, cook it up on a hot day and you know, I know it's cheap, but man, not only does that satisfy my hunger, but it, it satisfies that that little bit of nostalgia within me, you know. Thank you for joining me on this culinary adventure. This has been The Restaurant Report, and I'm your host, Maximus Hunter, signing off. Stay tuned for more good stuff on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU. I'm your future host, Maximus Hunter. And I'm joined here in studio by our current hosts, Emily Moshak and J.D. Layton, as well as our lovely reporter, Allison Tackett, and another one of our future hosts, Fred Watsworth. Thanks for joining us today. That was um, me with some fun stuff about burgers. <laughs> and next up, we have Allison with some of your local news. This is your local new newscast on, Rocky, on the Rocky Mountain Review. CSU tries to squash the undie run as public intoxication and sexual misconduct fears mount, according to the Coloradoan. The undie run started as an innocent way for students to donate their clothes to Goodwill by filling up trash bags full of clothing items and running around in their underwear. But more than a decade later, CSU is finally putting their foot down, taking the hardest stance against this event by characterizing this event as a public intoxication and sexual misconduct. A letter was sent out to students saying that the university would not allow the undie run to take place this year. The run has never been sanctioned or supported by CSU and has been happening every year since 2008. Police Chief Scott Harris told the Coloradoan in an email that if a person experiences inappropriate behavior such as groping, may not be able to identify who touched them. And the large mobile crowd makes it difficult for authorities to track these people down as well. A steer test positive for rabies in Laramie County, according to Nine News. In Laramie County, rabies is usually found in bats and skunks, but occasionally it crosses into another species, and in this case, a steer. 
skunk rabies skunk and yeah well yeah no i was that was, I was right <laughs> skunk rabies may pose a greater risk to pets and livestock because as a ground-based animal they may interact more with animals than bats the first positive rabies infection in a steer is a reminder that even livestock needs to be vaccinated by a licensed veterinarian to help protect human caretakers from being exposed to rabies elsie DHE reminds pet and livestock owners to keep their animals up to date on rabies vaccines to prevent lengthy and costly quarantines or even or even or even having to put the animal down if they have an encounter with a rabid animal. Livestock owners should check with their veterinarians about rabies vaccines for their horses, cattle, and other livestock. Multiple victims in shooting at STEM School Highlands Ranch, authorities say, according to the Denver Channel, authorities authorities believed at least two people were injured in a shooting at STEM School Highlands Ranch on Tuesday afternoon, according to the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. A ranking law enforcement source told Denver 7 that at least one victim was shot and one, was, and one suspect was down. Authorities were looking for two other suspects. The source says, the Sheriff's Office tweeted about 2.40 p.m. that the incident was an active and unstable scene. At the STEM school, which is located off South Ridgeland Road and Plaza Drive, authorities responded to the school around 1.50 p.m. on a report of shots fired, and deputies were still in the process of identifying and locating any shooters, the sheriff's office tweeted. That is your local newscast brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Review. Gotta watch out for rabies, because it will get you. Trust me. I trust you. How many times have we brought this up? I, or maybe well, not. Maybe it's just me that knows this. I've I've had rabies. I was once bit by a bat and got rabies. So I just be, never knew that. Just be careful out there. I will. Because they're not. It's not great. Getting like 15 shots for a series of a rabies inoculation. And you even got it from the bat. She just said that it's hard to get it from bats. Yeah, but it's possible. <laughs> Got to be careful. Do I don't know. Bad luck. Oh my gosh. But you know what's not bad? What? For bat luck. It's beer. Oh god. Beer's never bad. And. Our reporter, Piper Davis, actually gets the inside scoop of what it's like being a brewer at New Belgium, as well as what it's like being a female brewer at New Belgium. So if you want more of that, stick around to get the scoop only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Kelly McKnight remembers having only one goal in her life, to go to medical school. After attending University of Washington to study biochemistry, Kelly moved on to graduate school at Harvard University to pursue pre-med. Yet, once she was immersed in studying medicine, something started to feel off. The reality of the rigorous field, which offered little to no balance between work and life, didn't seem like what Kelly wanted to spend her whole life doing anymore. What felt right, though, was a hobby she picked up during her undergraduate studies at UW, homebrewing. I was uh, an undergrad in 2001 and I made it on a hot plate at University of Washington because everyone's parents out in the Northwest were homebrewers. So I guess you could say I've been brewing for 18 years, but professionally last 10. I never thought of brewing as a job, but classic story. I said, screw it, I'm taking a day off. I'm not studying at all, I don't care and I brewed back in the day what I thought was cool. It was a pumpkin Hefeweizen. And I remember standing there and just smiling. I was just like, holy 
I'm smiling, this is awesome. And it dawned on me that I hadn't been happy in a long time because I was so stressed out. So I said, I have to do this for a living. Luckily, at the time, Kelly was working at a craft beer bar to support herself through graduate school. When she decided to change her career path and pursue brewing, the owners of the bar played a big role in immersing Kelly into the industry. I went to them and said, hey, I don't know how to do it, but I want to be a brewer. They said, well, whether you knew it or not, we were telling all these brewmasters that you were going to be a brewer, so here's all of their contact information. We'll send them a letter of rec. And then I got hired the next day. I got a bunch of offers for Dogfish Head and other places out east. It was flattering, but I didn't want to leave Boston. And so I got a job at a little brew pub called Watch City Brewing Company. And that's how I began as a professional brewer. I got hired as the assistant brewer. And then two weeks later, the owner told me she severely disliked the brewmaster and that she was going to fire him and I was going to be the head brewer. Actually, what I ended up doing was I was there when she let him go, but then I knew he knew all kinds of stuff and I was totally green. I mean, I could like run the brew house and you know, I had a bio and chemistry background, but totally different. So I hired him as my assistant brewer. <laughs> Despite having a natural yearning to move, Kelly thought she would spend the rest of her life brewing in New England. Yet, after working at Watch City for five years, a call from a brewery in her hometown changed her path. I actually grew up in Fort Collins. I just never thought I'd move back. And then one day out of the blue, New Belgium just called me and said, hey, we know you grew up here and your family still lives around here. You're our top choice. Do you want to brew for us? And I was like, yeah. So that's how I came back here. And I've been at New Belgium for five years. And New Belgium's structured differently because it's not a brew pub, it's a production brewery. So I started here in the brew houses, and because there's so much to do, we split up our brewing into different areas, and you train in whatever ones. So I'm a brew house in yeast, and most recently have been in the pilot brewery for six months, so making small weird stuff. As you can tell from the background noise, the brewery at New Belgium is hectic and fast-paced. Believe it or not, this is the quietest place we could find throughout the entire building. Oftentimes, Kelly had to pause to wait for specific machines to finish running. It basically is like condensate builds up, and so it just captures it, and now that weird noise, which is over, is releasing. Similar to most breweries throughout the country, Kelly is one of the few only females at New Belgium. She's actually only one of four female brewers located in Fort Collins, and out of all the women, Kelly has spent the most time in the brewing industry. Yet, with the rise of fermentation science programs and encouragement for women to work within the industry, Kelly is seeing the landscape slowly changing. It's changing. So when I was brewing in Boston for years, it was the only female brewer in the whole state. I think it just turned into blue collar work, so a lot of men gravitate towards that. Women traditionally haven't really been into beer, right? Because stereotypically, dudes drink beer, women don't. But since I've moved back here, there's still not that many in town, but it's picking up. And I think with things like CSU's program and there's Siebel in Chicago, UC Davis, and in general, more women are really getting into the science. I think even now there's more females in have science degrees than men at this point in time, college-wise. But anyway, it's it's a thing, it's changing. There's also legendary women who paved the way. Obviously, Kim Jordan here, Carol Stout, 
and honestly it used to just be a woman's household chore just like cooking stuff was to make beer until they found out you could make money off it. Despite the fact that New Belgium typically only sees about 2% of their brewer applications coming from women, Kelly thinks it's vital for women who have a passion for the industry to continue to pursue that goal. Don't be scared. Craft brewing industry is pretty cool in general. It's pretty welcoming and open. You know, there's egos because you've got a lot of people who have a lot of skin in the game too that have opened breweries and so but I don't think that's going to affect people even caring at all if you're a female or not. But yeah, get in there and boy or girl or you have to beg to even scrub floors, okay? So don't give up if you keep getting turned away because they already have people doing that. Yeah, and I would say honestly the biggest piece of advice would be everything in the brewing industry is made for an average male. So you just got to get creative with how you can reach things and stools and all that kind of stuff. Mash paddles and blah blah blah. You just have to get get in there and get tricky with how you're going to be able to go through the brew day without being too short. Although Kelly herself has never experienced sexism in the workplace, she acknowledges that there is a stereotype about brewers being male that is perpetrated from the general public. What you usually run into anywhere, being a female brewer, is festivals. So, you know, if I bring my friends to help me in their males, but they're not even close to a brewer, they're just boring. Nobody talks to you at first. They just assume you're like a salesperson. So they're always asking the guys the questions about beers, and then they're like, well, she's actually the brewer. Uh, ask her. And it's weird because they're kind of shocked. It's not unheard of anymore to have a female brewer, but usually, the public is kind of shocked and then I always get asked when are you going to get a real job and what do you want to do when you grow up and aren't your parents disappointed in you no I, they're disappointed in you because you're ignorant I would say more of sexism happens dealing with the general public they don't assume you know anything and a study just came out I don't know if it was through Brewers Association or not but breweries that have a female head brewer actually tend to sell less beer because people think it's going to suck male-run breweries sell like 15% more beer. So there's some stereotypes, like I said, but if every female brewer could could snap back in a professional way that kind of owned the ignorant person, it's, it's good. You also get hit on all the time. It's like, oh my god, you're a chick and you make beer? Ugh. Beer fests are seriously the worst arena for that stuff because there's alcohol, so get used to that. Yet, despite having to put up with sexism or flirtatious customers, Kelly has no plans to ever leave the brewing industry. Being a brewer allows her creativity to flourish when having the opportunity to create beers in the pilot brewery. Kelly's advice to women looking to pursue any career in an industry dominated by men, don't be intimidated. Because sometimes you end up finding a passion, much like Kelly did, that will last your whole life. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshek, and I'm joined in studio by our future hosts of the Rocky Mountain Review next year. 
I'm Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. As well as my co-host. I'm J.D. Leighton. And our reporter, Allison Dackett. And our sports director, Ray, Ray McGowan. McGowan. Oh, there you go. Hey. That was beautiful. <laughs> there we go. That was so in sync. I know. It was great. I know. It's like we have teamwork. It's like we've been working for a year. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> well, anyway, we just heard our reporter, Piper Davis's piece on what it's like to be a female brewer. Brewerist. I'm not sure how what the terminology I, no, is. No, I think it's brewer. I brewer. Believe it's, I believe it's brewerette. Okay. Oh my gosh, no. Anyway, it was a very lovely piece about what it's like to be a female working at New Belgium. And if you missed it and would like to check it out, you can head to kcsufm.com and we'll have the podcast of this episode up later today. But in the meantime, Ray, what's going on with CSU sports? Of course, for Colorado State University, the CSU football team will play eight nationally televised games next season. Some of the more notable games will be against Toledo, Air Force, and Boise State. In golf, Oscar Teifel was named Mountain West Co-Freshman of the Year, as well as an All-Mountain West. He helped the Rams earn a spot in the 2019 NCAA Pullman Regional, which will be played May 13th through the 15th. The men's basketball team will open up its road schedule against Duke during the 2019-20 season. It will mark the second time the Rams will play in the Cameron Indoor Arena and will play November 8th. On getting the chance to play Duke, head coach Nico Medved said to play a program with a with a tradition and history of Duke is an iconic building like this is one every college basketball player wants in their career. We are looking forward to the challenge. For CSU women's swimming and diving, they added three new recruits to their roster for next season. Kate Manzone from Portland, Oregon, McKenna O'Reilly from St. Petersburg, Florida, and transfer Jessica Albana from the University of New Mexico. They joined seven other swimmers who committed during the early signing period. In the greater Colorado area, the Avs continue to stay alive as they defeated the San Jose Sharks 4-3 in overtime to even their playoff series three games apiece. They will travel to San Jose for their seventh and deciding game in this series and will play tomorrow at 7. The Denver Nuggets will all, are also in the playoff uh, as they are currently locked in a battle with the Portland Trail Blazers. The Nuggets will be able to tie the series, were, were able to tie the series at two with a 116 to 112 win on Sunday. They look to break that tie tonight in Denver at 8:30. And finally, the Colorado Rockies are trying to find their groove as they sit at the fourth seed in the National League West Conference. Uh, sorry, division. They will face off against the San Francisco Giants with their first game of the series tonight at 6.40. Again, my name is Ray McGowan. This has been your Rocky Mountain Review sports update for Tuesday. Thank you, Ray. Of course. Is it so... So uh, I'm trying to. <laughs> I, I don't understand sports, so I'm trying to, like... My non-sports brain is trying to comprehend. But... What do you think, like, do you have next year predictions since the year's almost over? Oh, like, oh man. It, uh, for, for what sport? Uh, let's go football. That's a joke because I have no prediction. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. my, uh, for, for the CSU football team next, next year, uh, it's going to be interesting seeing all the new recruits be placed in positions of... Uh, being in stars, we lost a lot of guys. We lost, especially in the wide receiver core, we lost Preston Williams and Olabisi Johnson to the NFL, uh, as well as uh, uh, Carter Samuels, the quarterback position also. He went into the draft. Uh, I believe he was picked up in uh, in free agency after the draft. Uh, but it's going to be tough. It's a lot of positions, a lot of leadership guys that, that left, and it's going to be very tough for the defense to come in. But I'm excited to see what happens. 
However, I think it's also going to be a rough season. Nothing really big, in all honesty, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I I have to be honest. It's my journalistic duty to give you the truth. Well, you appreciate that, Ray. What about um, like women's volleyball and softball? We were doing pretty good, right? Oh, CSU women's volleyball is looking uh, excellent right now. They didn't lose any seniors from last last year. Uh, none of them were graduating, so they have their full team coming back and, and are looking forward to play uh, next year. And they had a, defeat, uh, a, a really a tough loss against the University of Tennessee when they went to the NCAA tournament in the first round. And they're looking to make a longer run, make it to the second round, and even further uh, for next year. Uh, for men's basketball, I don't really have a prediction because I'm not sure who's going to be a part of the team. Uh, Nico Medved, uh, not Nico Medved, Nico Carvacho, our main center, to, didn't, didn't necessarily declare for the draft. Uh, however, he did say that he's going to ask you know, people around the league and some scouts uh, to give him advice to see if he would be drafted. Uh, he hasn't signed an agent yet, so technically he's still eligible to come back and play for Colorado State next year if he decides to come back. However, if he hears some positive news and, and hears that a lot of teams are interested in him, he's most likely going to go to the uh, the NBA uh, and the NBA draft. So it's going to be... It's going to be interesting. I think Duke is going to be a fun game to see Colorado face off against such a, a big program. But it's kind of like what Colorado State did in football when playing for Alabama against Alabama. It's not necessarily for just being, you know, actually competing. It's more about, you know, raising awareness and giving us some funds because we're a school too. So that's, re- that's really uh, my predictions for right now. Well, that's good. It sounds like next year will be a hopeful year, especially for our new news directors. You guys are going to have a lot of fun sports to talk about i'm psyched to see csu win everything yeah hopefully i had the same frame of of, of mine too when i came in and Let now look at me naive. yeah now look at me i'm sitting on the floor with my computer with a microphone in my face so ray this is radio nobody can see you, <laughs> oh, see you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we can hear it though that's true That is very true. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ray. We are going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because up next we have our local music director, Mia Sawaya, with an interview with the local musician, Joe Diaz, as well as your national news update. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. I'm in the studio with Joe Diaz. He's a CSU student supporting local musicians with his new show, Band in My Basement, which debuted online April 23rd. This YouTube show features an interview and performance from a different local band each week. The show's founder, Joe Diaz, has joined me today. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me by. No problem. Thanks for coming. Do you want to explain Band in My Basement in your own words really quick? Yeah. Band in My Basement's a project kind of that we thought of as is a way to do our part for the local music scene by creating a platform that kind of produces professional content for all these bands that, you know, a lot of the times wouldn't be able to do that, but just produce like professional content that's like entertaining and, you know, that they want to be a part of. Yeah. yeah. And the production's like super high quality because I've already seen like a few of the episodes since it debuted like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Another one, our second one just came out today actually. And then the first one was last week on the 23rd. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty high quality, especially for not having especially any budget. Especially for the first season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no budget either. Zero budget. <laughs> Dang. So, so how did you guys like decide to commit on that? Because I know it's hard to commit on stuff when you really don't have the most resources ever. So Zach, who does a lot of the video, 
I knew him from school here and I was like, hey man, I got this idea for a video project. I own all this audio equipment. I know you do video stuff. Like, let's, let, what do you think? Like, let's try to make this happen. And then he brought on a couple of other people to help with the video side of it. Um, I did with the audio stuff and then. So you already had like audio equipment. Yeah, I already owned like all the mixing console stuff, all the mics. I was going to ask, how did you learn how to mix? Because the songs sound great too. Um, How did I learn was basically the one that you saw that was online was the first time I'd ever done it. Was the first time you ever mixed audio? Yeah, for like a full band in that basement in general. So that's crazy. I've done it, I think, live maybe twice, but it's a different (laughs) ballgame. That is crazy. So this is like super DIY. Yeah. Yep. And there's only five people in your production team um yeah and then a few others that help out kind Mm -hmm. of non-credited roles (laughs) um how do you choose the bands that you invite to band in my basement i've met a lot of the bands just doing various things with music throughout the last few years and i just kind of started sending messages on facebook and just spamming every band that i knew of or that i knew are you friends with them beforehand some of them some of them i'd not met before and then once we started putting stuff out online, a lot of bands started hitting us up, you know, and they're like, hey, like, we love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Love to be on it. And so the last couple we had set up, we were able to just have a few bands come through that contacted us through our Instagram. And we started getting enough submissions that I needed to create like a Google form where wow, they could submit other stuff. So it's it cool. It makes, makes it easier. Sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it looks really fun. Like the interviews and stuff, it looks like really calm. And it looks like you're you're like friends with the band, even though maybe you haven't met them before. But you, it just yeah. seems like a very comfortable environment. Yeah, it is. It's good, too, with the interviews. We do the sessions first. So we're so working with them, them for like yeah. an hour and a half, two hours before we record the, se- uh, the interview, which makes it, you know, yeah. you get to know everyone a little they bit. They get really weird in the interviews. It's awesome. Yeah, they <laughs> I do. I feel like your persona, you have like a sassy, like annoyed almost persona. Yeah, that's what we're going for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's all an act. I love them. Love them yeah. to death. <laughs> I know you're so chill right now. Yeah. But yeah, you're, yeah, your persona is great. Thank it just you. makes it like way better. Good. Yeah. Thank you. And speaking of your persona, I'm going to copy a little bit and ask you some hard hitting questions because I know you like to ask the bands really uncomfortable questions. So if you're good with that, All right, that's good. where we're going Let's with hear this. It. Okay. <laughs> These are kind of rough, but you don't have to answer them if you don't want. But, I can take it. Okay. I can take okay. it. <laughs> Who's most likely to get fired from your five member crew? Definitely Zach. <laughs> Quick response. 100% right Zach. There. Really? And I why? hope he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> why? You know, sometimes he's just got a bad attitude. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I just can't trust him. But if he does get fired, I know I got Jose waiting in the wings to take his spot. Oh, putting the pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I love you, Zach. What do you like more? Your cat, your girlfriend, or your orange Volkswagen? Hmm. I mean, my cat and my girlfriend would probably be sad, but I the love, I love my car. I've had it. That, that car has been in my life three times as long as my girlfriend and five times as long as my Dude, cat. Dude, math. I know I like <laughs> so, it. <laughs> so, you know, no, but cool my car. girlfriend probably. Yeah, <laughs> For I sure. figured, I figured. That was just yeah. a random question. And according to Vaughn Wilson, who is your audio, he helps with audio and stuff? Yeah, he helps with the audio. Um, like I was saying, I never had any experience mixing music, so... He owned the software and is letting us use his account for it. And nice. Has been showing me the ropes and we kind of collaborate on all the songs and stuff. Yeah. Well, according to him, Joe Diaz doesn't pay his employees a living wage. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't pay them any wage. So really, that's crazy. You guys are so, <laughs> so committed. We're we're in deep right now. Um, and they're all God bless them for trusting me enough to like try and work on this and get it all sorted out in these beginning stages because. Yeah. It's definitely not always the easiest, but yeah, I don't pay them a living wage. 
I don't pay them any wage. Okay. You guys have a sponsor though, right? Music City. Music City is on to sponsor us and uh you know, they're awesome. They give us food for every shoot and then they've also been kind enough to donate a little bit of money to help with the production budget, get a little bit more equipment, like some lighting and stuff like that in there and working on another deal right now. So hopefully we can get a couple more sponsors yeah. on here. I would imagine more people are hitting you up after they've seen how like high Definitely. quality it is and stuff. Yeah, we're growing a good following too. Our Instagram was at like before we start posting anything, when I'd just done a couple shows, it was at like 45, 50. Now we're coming up on 300 over the last nice. two and a half weeks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And how did you decide to like make it so weird? Like the interviews? Because I know it, may, it might be like a little risky to like ask such weird questions, but I feel like also you might have thought like, oh, that's what people want to see. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Is like, you know, I love local music and everyone that I know loves local music, but it's kind of hard to get people to pay attention to local music unless it's kind of mm -hmm. something that's a little different. So we were like, how can we make these interviews as entertaining as possible and, you know, try to get eyes on it for that as well as the sessions and all kind of feeds back into each other, yeah. you know? So Yeah. I like the subtitles you have in the videos are great. That's uh, all Zach. That's kind of his his style a lot of the videos he'd done before anything with this he he always put subtitles mm -hmm. on i'd seen and and he like emphasizes the awkwardness like if somebody says an um like yeah, you, you can count long. on that being in yep. there yeah <laughs> he, you gotta watch what you say for sure so. yeah yeah yeah, no, he he kills it with the uh, the subtitles, and it's got to take so long to mm -hmm. get all that in. It there. really makes it funnier. Like, yeah, it's, it's just awesome. I love. I watch TV with subtitles on, so True. I, I approved a hundred percent once I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys really seem like you have everything locked down, even though this is just your first season. Were there any difficulties in like making everything come together, like specifically? So we we put a lot of planning into it, actually, more than. I feel like a lot I mean, of makes a DIY projects kind of went into. Um, I sat down with Zach and talked to him. I just threw the idea out there like a full three months probably before we even filmed an episode. So there was three months of planning that kind of went into it as far as like, all right, do we have like enough equipment to at least do the first couple? Um, do we have like bands locked stuff? down? Yeah, with the yeah. mics and all that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, do we have the camera equipment good? Do we have everything set up? So one thing, all the bands, when they come through, they're like, wow, this is... This is a crazy little setup you got down mm -hmm. here in this basement because we got like for the interviews, we got a guy with like a boom mic out there. Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a it's a real production for sure. Yeah. So a lot of planning went into it. And some of the biggest hurdles, I guess, have just kind of been initially getting bands on board. And then now we're kind of right. along. With I guess that. it would be hard to commit like if they don't don't know what they're getting. Yeah. Into. And that's why it was good to have a lot of friends who kind of played who I could reach out to initially mm -hmm. and who are like, all right, we trust what you're doing. Like, let's see it. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but the interviews get super weird because it's just like a chill vibe and whatever. But yeah, are there any like bloopers that didn't make the final edit or is it more like the weirder it is, the more likely it's going to be in the video? Um, There's a few bloopers that didn't make it like like in the the Beavs interview. In my intro, it says, uh, welcome to Band in My Basement. The only show where the fourth time's the charm. Mm -hmm. It's because it took us four takes just to get the intro. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's a little nod to like everyone who's working on it. But mm -hmm. nice. so there's definitely some stuff that doesn't make it. But if it's if it's awkward, we'll try to definitely put that in. <laughs> it seems like that's the vibe. Yeah. And so is season one, are there going to be like seasons <clears throat> or is it kind of just like? So in its current kind of form we're just going until we are like all right let's take a break regroup and then like decide on like a season two so it's an indefinite season mm -hmm. one i guess with a season two i guess down the road somewhere but right now we're booked out we'll have episodes queued up all the way through june and we're booked out and there's with one bands a week right the, yeah one a week on so youtube we're good for that we're already booking out our uh june schedule for filming and next month's already filled up too so crazy 
y'all are busy yeah super busy a lot a lot of work but it's been fun yeah it's a lot of and fun. do you think this is like what you want to continue like after you graduate and stuff like that or it's too early yeah definitely yeah. this is i've always wanted to be in music and live music specifically with the i like i want to promote events and stuff like that so this kind of will feed well into right now i'm working on setting up some shows hopefully for the summer and uh, shows you mean like like concerts oh awesome yeah so working on that and it'll all feed like you would set it up and then invite mm-hmm. bands to come awesome yeah exactly yeah i'm working i work with a couple people a guy out of uh texas named richard who books for a lot of great bands and so we're working on getting a few national acts through and tag some really good local talent on there with that and it'll all feed under the the gaze productions kind of name yeah so that sounds good hopefully we can turn that into a business here and yeah. get everyone wow. actually paid a living wage nice that's the goal yeah True. that's the goal to yeah. survive i feel like you guys are <laughs> heading over there yeah. <laughs> to survive right yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to let people know about? Yeah, you can, you know, keep up on the episodes at Gaze Productions. You can, you know, find any updates on Instagram if you're interested in that kind of thing. And yeah, weekly episodes, Tuesday and Thursday for the foreseeable future. Thanks for being here. No, thank you. Thanks for having me by. Band in My Basement is a video production that features performances and interviews with local musicians and can be found on Gaze Productions' YouTube page. New performances are uploaded on Tuesdays while interviews are uploaded on Thursdays. Thanks to Joe Diaz for the interview and thank you for tuning in to the Rocky Mountain Review. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. That was our local music director, Mia Sawaya, with a lovely interview, Joe Diaz and his band In My Basement. So that's pretty cool. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host. I'm J.D. Lee. Our future Rocky Mountain Review host. I'm Maximus Hunter. And our reporter. Allison Tackett. And we have national news from you, Max. Yes, we do. Hello. My name is Maximus Hunter, and this is your national news on the Rocky Mountain Review. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Mike Pence, chairman of the National Space Council and vice president, believes that the next major conflict for the United States may be in space. U.S. News' Cecilia Smith-Schoenwalder details Pence's recent address at the 2019 satellite conference in D.C. He warned other countries, sorry, he warned that other countries, like China, are preparing for expansions in their space technology. Pence emphasized the importance of a space present such as the president's proposed Space Force. Pence says the Trump administration is, quote, cutting the red tape, unquote, for companies to operate in space. He says, quote, we are streamlining and deregulating space, unquote. Pence gave NASA a directive to get to the moon four years sooner than planned recently. NASA has agreed to push the timeline up and get back to the moon by 2024. Pence has been encouraging private space enterprise and has said that NASA should be willing to accept resources from private space developers. New Jersey Senator and presidential candidate Cory Booker introduced a 14-point gun control plan yesterday. Matt Stevens of the New York Times says that Booker would like simply to, quote, make it harder for people who should not have a gun to get one, unquote. The plan proposes a new gun licensing program, which would make the application process more detailed. Gun owners would under Booker's plan, require gun safety training. A license would also require mandatory federal background checks every five years for gun owners. Other parts of the plan include banning bump stocks, 
putting limits on the amount of firearms a person can purchase, and closing loopholes which allow for people with backgrounds in domestic abuse and people on terrorist watch lists to attain firearms. The plan includes a call to investigate the tax-exempt status of the National Rifle Association. The NRA declined to comment on Booker's proposed plan. Cory Booker calls gun violence in our country an epidemic and hopes this plan will reduce shootings in our nation. The National Law Journal reports that more than 400 ex-federal prosecutors have put out a joint statement claiming that if Donald Trump was not a sitting president, he would be indicted for obstruction of justice. The former federal prosecutors who authored the letter, in the form of a Medium post, come from both Republican and Democratic parties, according to Mike Scarcella and Nate Robson. Many of the authors still have flourishing law careers. In the statement, which was released yesterday, the lawyers had this to say, and I quote, Each of us believes that the conduct of President Trump described in Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report would, in the case of any other person not covered by the Office of Legal Counsel Policy against indicting a sitting president, result in multiple felony charges for obstruction of justice, unquote. While the 448-page Mueller report is not fully available to be read yet, but that, from the text that has been released, the lawyers decided that this statement was necessary. The president has not responded to this statement. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed in a law into effect this morning known as the Heartbeat Bill. WSB Atlanta reports that this bill bans any abortions that take place past the first absorbed fetal heartbeat. This occurs approximately six weeks into a pregnancy. The current abortion law in Georgia bans abortion past 20 weeks. The bill has support from the governor, but state rep Shelley Hutchinson could not support the bill, citing it being poorly written. The American Civil Liberties Union, or ACLU, has declared their intent to fight the bill in court. Now that the bill has been signed, the ACLU is yet to make a statement regarding their next steps. Thank you for listening. This has been your national news. My name is Maximus Hunter, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Very nice, Max. Well, I believe we're near the end of our show. I would say so. And you know what that tends to bring? What's that? It tends to bring the news that everybody's been waiting for. It's time for the weather. Weather! I'll never get tired of that. Well, it's been a rainy Tuesday, but I'm sure you all have seen that already. And I hate to break it to you, but Wednesday is going to keep up with the trend, you know. A high of 46 and a low of 33. Better pack your rain jackets and umbrellas. It's just a spring day in Colorado. These are the things that happen. You get super nice blooms, and then you get really cold rain. Hmm. And uh, I'll I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek for Thursday, but you'll have to find the the rest of it on the review. But it is going to snow early morning, so it's definitely (laughs) spring. Uh, That was not the kind of sneak peek I wanted. No, uh, that sucks. Yeah, so uh, you just get a a brush out all... Brush out. Dust off all your old sweaters that you thought you put away for... Brush out? Brush out. Have you ever brushed a sweater? No, I've not. I have a little dog, yes. That's fair, actually. It's not if fun. You got little dogs, you you might have to brush out their hairs, but you got to dust off those sweaters. Bring them out because it's gonna be cold. <sighs> I'm sorry. Well, apparently, so off topic, but actually maybe not since people are gonna have to wear sweaters again. You know when your sweater gets those little pill. Oh yeah, gross like things? little lint. Yeah. Apparently, if you take a clean razor blade and like literally shave your sweater, it takes off the pills without. Huh. 
ruining the sweater. Fun fact. Yeah. Well, so. that is some news that I will certainly take to heart because I hate those things. They I know, they suck. They ruin my sweatshirts every <laughs> single time I get them. I'm, I'm like, going to go home and shave all my sweatshirts. Yeah. Also, <laughs> disclaimer, though, I haven't tried it myself, so if it ruins your sweatshirt, don't blame me. I will blame you. <laughs> I'm going to come back on the show and be like, everyone, you heard what Emily said. <laughs> don't, don't do it. it. <laughs> well, that's another thing we'll find out on Thursday, I guess. Yeah, but Thursday is going to be the last show of yeah. oh the Rocky gosh. Mountain Review. So, yeah, this will, and this will be the last time Emily and I will be on air as uh, as we are graduating seniors. And it's been a blast. I've had a great time uh, yeah. doing it. And I certainly want to thank you, dear listeners, for always tuning in and yes. uh, getting the scoop from us. We appreciate it. And you're the reason why we keep doing it. Thank you very much. And we also do want to thank you max for your feature that you did for us as well as allison for helping us out with the show today we also want to thank piper davis for her interview with the new belgium as well as ray mccowan for a sports report mia sawaya for her music segment and i want to thank you jd and you know what i want to thank you for being the best dang co-host ever oh i feel the same way and Ren Wadsworth, too. And Ren Wadsworth. She, she had to peel that a little earlier. I know, she but did. she's still around. She's still around. Anyway, so this is a really a lot of confusing advice, but basically we're thankful for all the people that submit content to our shows. JD and I will be here on Thursday for the last time hosting the Rocky Mountain Review, but don't get too sad because we have Ren Wadsworth and Max right here who are going to be the hosts of the Rocky Mountain Review next year in August. I want to thank the two of you because A, you guys taught me how to do this and B, (laughs) you guys have been doing this like bosses for the last year. Aww, You know, if you're listening right now and you love these guys, feel free to give us a text or call at 970- (laughs) 491-5278 491-5278 and let them know how much you appreciate them. Oh, look at you learning already, Aww. Max. Shouting out the number. He's Aww. got it. He's got it down. All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much, dear listener. We will be back on Thursday. This has been the Rocky Mountain Review. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And up next, we have Mayday by Earthquake Lights.